0: to hear me shouting, glory, saying glory, glory. glory. I AM WAITING FOR MY THEOPHANY. I, THERE ARE DAYS LIKE THIS I THINK I NEED ONE. ACTUALLY JUST ABOUT EVERY DAY NOW I GET TO REALIZING I NEED A NEW BODY. HOW MANY FEELS THAT WAY THIS MORNING? WELL, IF YOU'RE YOUNG, WHETHER YOU'RE OLD, IT DOESN'T REALLY MATTER, YOU STILL NEED IT. Hey AMEN, THIS ONE'S GONNA WEAR OUT. IT WILL FADE AWAY. Amen. He'll get sick, he can decay, but that one won't. Amen. We're going to be praying for Brother Zane today at the end of the service. COVID attacked him, and he's got an awful ringing in his ears and some other issues from it. Our God's a healer. Amen. We're the children of the Most High God. And until we get our theophany, we have divine healing. Amen. Sickness comes, sickness goes, as long as we're in this flesh. But one day we're going to change. Satan won't be able to touch our body no more because we'll have a redeemed one. This one isn't redeemed yet. It's got a deposit on it called the Holy Ghost. Well, I am waiting for my theophany to swing low. And I'll just tip right in. Hallelujah. On the clouds. Looking over, I see Brother Albin, Sister Janice with us today, and we want to welcome them. They haven't been here in a while. Sickness comes, troubles come, but the Lord is always gracious. Let's go to prayer this morning. Maybe you've got a desire in your heart. You would say, God, come by my way and speak to me in a special way today. Father, we're your children. We have gathered it today in your name and we know where two or more gather, you said you would be there in the midst. So we can always count on it when we obey you and do what you said. When we come together and gather, and Lord, even as we see that day approaching, and we forsake not this semblance of ourselves, it's a promise, a promise that is given to us. You'll meet with us. I pray that you'll not only meet with us, but every other person that is across the world today listening in, down in the little homes and different places in South Africa, different places uh, down in Brazil and, and down in uh, South America. And Lord, those in Canada that can't meet in, in church today. Lord, there are others in, in across America that's got illness and sickness. We hear of our brother George Smith battling with COVID and and been really, really sick. Lord, we pray for a special touch for him. Every hand that reached out to you, I pray that you'll meet it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you take your seats. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, and we'll probably have you stand again in a moment to read the word, but. I've got a few little pastoral duties uh, to express how much I love you and how much I appreciate you. You are such a wonderful group of people, and I want to thank you for uh, helping me to host the, the, the past Easter meetings. And uh, God has moved in a great way, in a very special way, and, and I thank him for it. I, I tell you, he, he's God over every situation. And I want to I encourage those that are, you know, in other places to just uh, know that, you know, the revival is not even in Light Tabernacle. It is not Tim Pruitt. It is, it is the Holy Spirit, and he, is, uh, he can be everywhere in the world. You invite him to your church, he'll be sure to show up because he keeps all of his appointments. Amen. We heard some wonderful, wonderful messages while that we were here. We heard from, of course, our brother Danny Steeman, and um, he preached um, a couple of wonderful messages there on dangerous. And then, of course, the the last one was finishers. Amen. He had the, he had them little catchy one line titles, but or one word titles, and they were, but it was wonderful messages that was behind those one words, and we were so blessed by it. And of course, then we we heard a sermon that said uh, from Brother Andrew Spencer, "Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down," Amen. And we were so encouraged and blessed by that, and lifted up, Amen. And then we then we heard. Um, from Brother Ron that same evening, Brother Ron Spencer, morning is coming. Amen. We believe that, don't we? Amen. Amen. We've already heard the prophet of God come out and say, Shalom. Amen. Amen. It means the night is about over. and Now the morning star, as it were, that heralds the coming of the sun, which is Christ, he's already went off the scene and is the, the last messenger, as it was. I'm just typing there, not necessarily meaning that it's exact, it, but just just using it as a, a type for now. That you know, he's it, already moved off the scene, and now the light is about to diffuse all the darkness. Amen. As we move from glory unto glory, and then we, um, then we, of course, it was finished up with brother. Uh, Danny Steeman preaching on finishers. Um, I thought it was really uh, neat. Brother Kalen Singh from South Africa, fellow minister, pastor there, he uh, just kind of summed it up like this. And he said, he said, um, this outpouring is dangerous for the devil knows ain't no grave going to hold the body down. Because morning is coming. And the finishers are on the scene. <laughs> God bless you, Brother Kalen and the saints there. Um, all of you there that are, that catch our services, they've done had their church. They're not missing their church. They've done had their church, but they're just joining in with us. And we're happy to have them with us. As I, as I said, you know that uh, that um, the, the um the revival that we are experiencing is not something that belongs to Evening Light Tabernacle or is exclusive here, but that revival lies in the promised land of the Word of God. And anywhere the Word is preached, you can have revival with signs and wonders and miracles and every other promise of God. And my vision, of course, is that there would be a bride around the world. I believe that that's the prophet's vision because he saw her from every kindred, tongue, tribe, and people. And, um, you know, we're here to help and assist, but uh, we're, we're not here to, to take the place of other pastors or ministries. We're here just to edify the body of Christ. And, and uh, so we're, we're trusting that, that uh, everybody can see that the move is on for the bride. For that's, thus saith the Lord. Amen. And that bride is around the world. And, you know, this is not about building up a few megachurches or man's kingdom's kingdom building days are over with. The rapture is at hand. And let me just uh, encourage everybody today that the word is yours and it's in your grasp. As a prophet of God that declared, and I was there when he said it. Don't particularly remember it, but I was there. I got it from the tape later The move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. And it hadn't stopped. And the devil isn't big enough to stop it. I hear Brother Branham saying in the deceived church by the world, he said, so revival in our day, how can we have it when the revival, regular revival giver is bound by the world? God won't come in where the world is. You can just depend on that. You associate with the world then it's all of it. When you let the world creep in, you go to acting like the world, then you're finished. But when you cut loose every fetter from the world and come to God, and God will use you until you go to flirting again. And here's the only hope that I have this morning to wind this, my message up is this. While Samson was bound, a new shock of hair growed out. And he says, then God send us another church before the end time." With the power of the Holy Spirit can come into it and to her in the demonstrations of the Spirit and Mark sixteen can follow the church Acts two four Acts two thirty eight all of it will be following right along with the church signs and wonders accompanying the apostles great signs of his resurrection accompanying them while we're in prison surely God's growing a crop somewhere for the last great keel and and so again. As we look at this, this is Brother Branham's desire to see that revival around the world. And that is our desire. I want to just say again how much that we appreciate you and what you've done. And uh, the, you know, at every effort, I got compliments on how well the services were conducted, the altar calls, the, the uh, deacons and the assistants from them, and uh, the food that was prepared after service That where you send them home with their sack lunches and many other uh, kept people in their homes and was so accommodating to those to give them a place to stay. And, and then um, others who couldn't take people in, they cooked good meals and brought them, well, to my house and to some others I know and really blessed um, many of them that stayed. And, and it was a special help to... Me and Sister Karen, um, Sister Karen has been so blessed to return to health, and she can do the cooking around home, and she made me my breakfast this morning, as she does now all the time, and m- many of the meals uh, during the day, but um, that uh, that little special help, when you had a lot of guests, we had three preachers, their wives and others in our home that was um, with us, so... You know, you, you blessed us in a great way and, and, and lightened our burden, and I want to say thank you very much, and God bless you. Let's give you a hand of applause this morning. Amen. We appreciate you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time, isn't he? Amen. Now, as I've shared those moments, why don't we stand and let's um, just go to the Lord and as we, as we read the word, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 23 and we're going to verse 20, uh, Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way, to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name... For my name is in him, verse 22 now. But if thou will indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thy adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee unto the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods now, nor serve them nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land the number of days. Thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto before thee, unto thee, and I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, and Hittite, and from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the beasts of the field multiply against thee by little and little. I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even unto the sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. Thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Thou shalt not dwell in thy, they shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their God, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Amen. May God bless his word today and just make it, that word, real to your heart. Amen. It's so important that we, we believe and we receive the word of God. Now... We're going to be speaking on today as we have been on this subject. It's a very broad subject. And actually, I went through literally thousands of quotes, studying them one at a time and categorizing them and making them into different topics on the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the covenant. Amen. So this morning, we're going to be speaking on the angel, our protector. If you noticed in this passage of scripture that he read, he said, I will be an adversary to thy adversary and an enemy unto thy enemy. Now, Israel in the first exodus left Egypt and they were led by the angel of the covenant who guarded and protected them all the way from Egypt to the promised land. I'd like to read from Exodus chapter 14 and verse 1. You can read this chapter later because it contains a lot of what we're going to be speaking on this morning, 14 and 15 as well. And it says, And the Lord speaking unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Paharoth, between Middal and the sea, over against Baal Zephon, there before it." It shall ye encamp by the sea, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden the heart, the Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Now, it was in the midst of a great victory that God's people had been literally thrust out of Egypt. For Pharaoh had said, get out, go and worship your God. You know, leave my land and go worship. And and of course, Israel had been down in Egypt now for 400 years. And they were there because of the jealousy toward a brother. Jealousy is an awful thing, amen. And and it, you know it causes a lot of different things. It causes um, hatred and and, uh, and covetousness. It causes possessiveness and control, and and all of those things. It can it can destroy a home. It can destroy a life. It can destroy a marriage. And, uh, but, but however, in this case, it was destroying a family. It was separating brothers. Um, it would cause them to do murderous acts because of that, where they would turn on one of their own and actually going to kill him and then would sell him as a slave. And, they, and it was all because that Joseph was a spiritual boy who had dreams and visions from God. Actually, God would use Joseph to foretell or prophesy of the coming Messiah, who would, um, would also be loved of his father. I'm speaking of Jesus now. But he would be hated of his brethren. Because of jealousy, he would be rejected and crucified. As I said, you know, jealousy can cause awful things. Even jealousies within churches, jealousies in ministries, We just stop and realize as John the Baptist said when when they come and told him uh, the disciples of Jesus are is baptizing more than you and all the people are gathered to him and they've left you and he says, no man can make of himself anything. It's God that gives him positions and places. If we could just only realize that even as ministries, even as churches, there would be no need for the turf wars and the fights and the feuds that goes on. But nevertheless, um, the the children of Israel were now in bondage down in Egypt, though, because of the brother's jealousy. Uh, Joseph was rejected because he was spiritual, and he was hated without a cause. And they should not have hated him. They should have loved him and respected him. But instead, they were jealous of him. And God, uh, uh, it's true, God dealt with him more than the rest. Gifts and callings are without repentance. They are something that God puts upon a life. You have, as Brother Branham said, is a divine gift that I had nothing to do with it coming. And, And it's true with any other gift. You really can't make yourself something that you're not. You know, you you have to be given the gift to be placed in your life and called of God and ordained for that position and place. But of of course, um, God gave him spiritual understanding and dreams and interpretations, and he he could foretell things that would come to pass. Now, you would think this would cause his brothers to admire him and love him, but this provoked them to jealousy. You, You know, they called him names like, you little holy roller, or you think we're going to bow down to you one day when they heard of his dreams and visions? And, you know, the, these older brothers who were so great in their own sight, they thought they would never, ever have to bow down to this man. You know, but they did. They sure did. They pleaded for mercy even because, but at this moment in time when we're, we're talking about when they sold him down into Egypt, well, he, he hadn't come into power yet. You see, he was only just in the child form. But, uh, you know, uh, let me just say, prophecies grow up. Amen. Children grow up. And a lot lot of times what you see even in a young ministry, don't judge it too hard. It'll grow up. You know, let God determine. Let God decide. Let God do the calling. Let God do the setting down. Because God raises up men and God sets men down. There's a time that he will use them for his bride, and then he will move them off the scene. But, but it's not that God is through with his bride. He's through using that ministry. He wants that certain ministry there in that bride and working on her for a season and helping her for a season. But he'll move him off the scene because he got somebody else that's going to move right into that position. And so, you know, the jealousies of the brothers, though, cause them to all... End up down in Egypt. Now I just say to the brothers across the world today, those that might be listening in, or here another time, or you, know, you look on, and perhaps you know you, there's a little criticism because of our worship and our expression, and you know you hear slander words, try to slander you by calling you a Pentecostal or Holy Roller. They would in days gone by, or all kinds of names that. They try to make that a bad name. And my, but I, I tell you, it's not a bad name. Man, man, my, my forefathers were Pentecostals. Oh, well, I knew that about you, Brother Tim. I knew you come from a bunch of Pentecostals. Yes, I did. I came from Peter and James and John and Paul. Amen. I came from the upper room. Amen, that's where that my, I go back to in my ancestry, amen, because I came from there, and I can't help it. Amen, I can't help having the joy that's in my heart. I can't help having the Holy Ghost move over me, and it just breaks out in another language sometimes. I can't help it, amen, because that's who I am. So if you say, well, you're just Pentecostal, okay, I'm just Pentecostal, not Azusa Street, although there were some of my brothers in Azusa Street. Men like John G. Lake and men like F.F. F. Bosworth and men, um, men like, you know, that would stand in their time and their dispensation. There's also Methodists in my background. There's a John Wesley and a George Whitfield and, and many, many other men of God. There's also Lutheran in my background. There was a, a man by the name, one of my kinfolks is Martin Luther. Who said, who broke the yoke of the Catholic church and said, the just shall live by faith. Amen. But, uh, but brothers, why I get jealous? You know, you can have it too. You know, unlike, unlike um, Joseph's brother, they couldn't be born again. They could only have a natural birth. They could only have that, that naturally, but you can have a supernatural birth that will bring back signs and wonders, that it will get you away from your dry eyed confessions, your easy believism, your shallow experience of just saying, I believe the message, therefore I've got the Holy Ghost. But you see, men get dirty, filthy, jealous when they see God blessing the true bride with signs and wonders and miracles. And when they see God vindicating himself, watching God heal the sick, and casting out devils and speaking with tongues and interpreting tongues. Are you with me? Prophesying and all the other gifts of the Spirit, gifts of healing and workings of miracles. But they got to find some way to, to, because of the jealousy, to stone them. So they're going to try to find quotes that they can use as stones to kill the move of God. This is no different than they did in ages gone by. They did this to the Pentecostals, the Azusa Street. They did this to to the ones there, the Methodists, when they shouted. They did this to to Martin Luther. They did this to our our forefathers, Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all that claimed to know the one true and living God. Amen. They cast their stones they, with their intellectual mind, believe that they are more able to set a church in order better than what the Holy Spirit can do it. Amen. Yeah, yeah, and I know church order. Don't think I don't. I understand. I've read it. I've listened to it. We adhere to it. Did you hear it? What we have in this church is true church order. Amen. And I know that things should be done decently in order. But as Brother Branham said of the woman who washed Jesus' feet, said she elbowed right through there. She was going to get there regardless of how bowed she was. Oh, I know it was out of order. Oh, sure. God help us to get out of order once in a while. The trouble of it is you got too much order. Get out of order. I hope the church gets out of order long enough to get saved. Amen. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get out of order long enough for people to get saved. Hallelujah. I remember when Jesus saved me. He said, oh my, I'll never forget it. This little old Kentucky heart of mine was jumping 90 miles an hour. And I wept, and I cried, and I shouted. I didn't care who was standing around. I wasn't paying attention to order. I was in the presence of Jesus, and I loved him. She wasn't noticing how much order she was in or how much she was out of. The main thing was get to Jesus. There he sat with dirty feet. He sat without being kissed. He wasn't welcome and she wanted to make him welcome. She didn't care about their old pharisaic order or their old traditions or denominations. She was pressing her way through to Jesus. God help us to have a revival like that where men and women will allow their uh, where men and women will elbow their way through the crowds and the denominations and the barriers till they get in the presence of Jesus. I hope to be that way this morning. That there will be desperate souls, that are just elbow their way through the crowd, through the criticism, through the unbelief, through the darkness. Amen. And get to Jesus. Whatever you got to do, just get to Jesus. Now, this, of course, caused the nation of Israel to eventually go down to Egypt, where they became bondage and then slavery. And after Joseph's death, they settled down to Egyptian ways. And soon, Egyptian gods were thought more powerful than Jehovah. And as Brother Branham said, and you can take a lot of things that I've already said this morning, which I didn't quote from, I mean, I only quoted by memory from there. but But they're from the third exodus where he says and where he continues on the same thought of how they got down into Egypt. They said, we don't need the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. We got doctors. We don't need the Holy Spirit to speak with tongues. We're all intelligent people. And when you do, you take right from your framework the lifeline. Jesus said to them Jews in this day, haven't you read that the stone that was rejected is the chief cornerstone that all the building is setting upon? Now you see what i mean i'm sure you can catch that that's the reason of now they thought they would never have need of it we don't need speakers with tongues we don't need interpreters of tongues we know we no longer need the old testament prophets to set us in order by the holy spirit we understand it and they've adopted man-made system to take the place of the holy spirit think about that this is a condition this is what takes a a people, a movement down to Egypt to where they come to blaze. We don't need speakers with tongues. We don't need interpretation. We're intelligent people. Now, so he said, Therefore, there's a people that's elected, that's got their names on the Lamb's book of life. They can't go for that. They are spiritual-minded, and therefore, they can't go for that They can't stand it no matter if their fathers and mothers was lived in whatever organizational church. Maybe it wouldn't speak right out. Oh, no, they won't speak it right out. But their actions prove it. Here is the word, and the Holy Spirit proves it's among those when he gets them gathered together that he still heals the sick and raises the dead and speaks with tongues and casts out devil. So it depends on what's on the inside of a person. The church feels they don't need the Holy Spirit. The churches does tell you that. And men can get up and give such an intellectual talk. that can also, also make you, also, almost make you believe it. Yeah. Now, n- notice intellectual talk's so smooth that it would deceive the people. It's a gospel. It's gospel. It's men who can handle the Word in such a way that he could almost take any intellectual person if you just trust an intellect that would condemn the Holy Spirit and take that, the way of man. Right. So you see, they, but there came a time that Israel had to leave Egypt. Right. They had to get out of that group of rejectors over into the promise before the Messiah could ever manifest himself to them. Right. You see, Jesus had to come. Yeah. And there had to be a people there in that land to receive him when he comes. So they had to get out of that group of rejectors to get over into the promised land to get ready for the Messiah to come. Isn't that what we got to do? We got to leave the rejectors. Come on, get back in the land of the Bible. Amen. Get out of it. Get in the land of the Bible. Are you with me now? So the Messiah can come. Because we are not typing anymore. We are the antitype. Of all the types, we are the fulfillment of all Scripture. He said a man, he said, he said a man, a woman marry a man disagreeing with him, it'd be some kind of fuss continually. But when a man and his wife, his girlfriend, his spouse, when they are in perfect harmony like one soul and one mind because they're going to be one flesh, then when the church can get such harmony with God until the manifestation of the bridegroom is manifested in the bride because they're going to be one. Hallelujah. Now, you have to leave the land of boasting physicians to be with the great physicians. You have to leave that bunch of people that believes the days of miracles are past to be with people that believes that all things are possible to them that believe. You have to leave Egypt's bondage where, where uh, they had no signs to follow a pillar of fire and a cloud. You have to leave the muddy waters of the Egyptian Nile to drink from the fountain of living waters of the Holy Ghost, That something that never runs dry. You have to leave the leeks and the garlics of Egypt to eat angels' food from out of heaven. Are you with me? Amen. So you, we of us, of are of of special people who have been particularly called in this day that said, come out of her, my people. Come out of traditions. Come out of dead churches. Come out of the world. Get into Christ. Get into the Bible. Get into the promised land of the Word of God. We have been called for that purpose. Amen. That's what this message calls us to. Now, you wonder, well, why hasn't there been a return before? There's been 2,000 years of Christianity. There's been a lot of labor in the gospel, a lot of denominations now, a lot of books, a lot of creeds, a lot of different ideas. How come? Why hadn't there been a return to the promised land of the Bible until now? Genesis 15, 16 tells us that God tells Abraham, I can't give you this land now, but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now, bear with me for a moment. We have had great revivals of the past. There's been the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Nazarenes, the Pilgrim Holiness, and the Pentecostals, just to name a few of the uh, the main ones, and each have had their chance at the word. The Baptists would restore immersion. The Lutherans would restore justification by faith. The Methodists would would, uh, bring sanctification. The Nazarenes shouting. And the pilgrim holiness, holiness. And the Pentecostals, the gifts of the Spirit. There have been great revivals of the past. Great moves of God. And each one of them believed that this is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. But they ran into roadblocks. You know why? Because the iniquity of the Amorites were not yet fulfilled. And my, but God gives nations opportunities To repent before judgment. The Amorite nation had plenty of time to turn from their idolatry. But they despised God's goodness and God's long suffering and refused to repent. Yet they had witnesses, they could, they witnessed that the Jehovah God of Abraham. They witnessed him. They've given him a young, a young son or a son in his life and his old age. They saw the miracle. They saw the, the, him leaving idolatry and come out to serve the one true and living God. They would see it that in a time of famine that God would tell Isaac, stay in the land. Don't go out of the land. And he stayed in the land. And he sowed in the time of famine. And in the time of famine, he reaped a hundredfold. Isn't that amazing? Because a man stayed in the promised land. He stayed in the word. He got more by staying in the word in a time of famine than he could do and running down to Egypt where they had the Nile River to water their crops. Come on, somebody. Amen. This is a God who who vindicates his servants. And he had vindicated the word over and over and over and over to them. They had seen it. Now, but in Abraham's day, the Amorite had not yet come corrupt enough to lose Canaan. And so, it doesn't immediately go to Abraham. But when it does... God uses his, own, his people to carry out the sentence. You send, see, men can sin brazenly for a short time. Judgment will surely fall when their evil works are complete. As John Calvin said, when God gets ready to judge a nation, he sends them wicked rulers. Are you with me? And God's judgment today is upon the Methodists. Look how they have turned to homosexuals. His judgment is upon the Baptists, the Pentecostals. He's, what's he doing? He's calling his elect out of the denomination and leaving them in their wickedness. And let me say, God's judgment is on this nation. He has turned them over to a reprobate mind. And if you're not careful, you'll get swept away with that reprobate mind that is said uh, that is taken off because it's the mind of Satan coming down. Are you with me? Satan's about to take over this world. You heard me right. When the bride leaves, chaos breaks over. Amen. Satan comes down. He has about a short time. And the kingdoms of this world are preparing to crown a Satan as their king. They're already doing it. They're doing it in our universities. They're doing it in our schools. They're doing it with their curriculums. They're doing it with their anti-God, the antichrist movements. Somebody help me preach now. This is where we are. And judgment is on this nation. A person or a nation can reject the gospel to a point that God rejects them. Amen. And then he curses their conscience. That's pretty heavy right there. Let me repeat it. God... God can, uh, what God will do with a person who rejects his word and his gospel, and they can do it to a point that in, that in turn that God rejects them, and when he does, he curses their conscience. Listen, don't, don't the United States appear in Revelation 13? Isn't number 13. Wasn't there 13 original colonies that formed the U.S.? Isn't there 13 stars and 13 stripes and 13 arrows in the eagle's claw? And I hadn't even begun to number all the 13s. Even, even in some of the titles on, your, uh, 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 on, on America, there their letters are 13 long and so on and on and on. It's over and over and over again 13, 13, 13, 13. And she's found in the 13th chapter of Revelation. She raises up like a lamb with freedom of religion. She ends up like a beast. Come on. With freedom from religion. Listen, right over in our neighboring country right now, over in Canada, in Edmonton, there is a church there. They're not a message group, but they're they're believing Christians walking in the light they know. And they've insisted on meeting together. You know, they answered the solution. They just built a fence around them where they can't even get into their property to keep them from having church. That's supposed to be a democratic nation like ours, a sister nation to ours. That's what's happened over in Gamara. Just watch what starts happening inside of them. Amen. We just missed it this week by a four to five vote in our Supreme Court, aware that where that where they ruled in favor of people being able to worship in their homes and gather in their homes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. This is how close how close we came to losing freedom. One vote. we, we are here in a time like never before That's right. Right. and it's going home time right. yeah. and you're either going to take the mind of Christ or the mark or the mind of the beast yeah. these, the Bible said these all, all have one mind and they gave it to the beast right. yeah. and you're seeing the people becoming of one mind right. Right. I'm I kind of waffle and vacillate between the thoughts was this election stolen or did we have that many absolutely crazy, insane people? Yeah. 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 Do you hear what we're talking about? Yes. We're the majority now have a reprobate mind, no conscience, no conscience. You can tell they have no conscience. They'll abort their full-term babies and kill them. uh, There's all kinds of things that are going on. You know, men, heartless, putting the sick people right into the nursing home to, to kill the elderly. Come on. All the crazy things that are happening in our nation today. Things that you know don't make a lick of sense. If you got any sense... But you see, what has it been? The iniquity hasn't been full until now. We're in the time where it is heaped up, starting to run over. Amen. And it happened in that day, and God called an exodus to go take over that land. Amen. And God's calling an exodus in this land. Amen. From from Egypt to the promised land. Now, of course, as it does now, they're getting ready to leave and there's been the token applied and a move of the Spirit of God and the firstborn is dying and, 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 and uh, there, you know, there Pharaoh calls for Moses. You'll find this in chapter 8, verse 25 of Exodus, that Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. In other words, stay in Egypt. And and Moses says, it's not meet for us to do so. We can't do this. For we sacrifice, I want you to watch the wording. We sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes. Will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Now, they're saying, we can't worship here. we got to go three days' journey from Egypt. We must go to justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in order to, to go into the promised land. Amen. And 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 Pharaoh said, "I'll let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away f- from me. You know, uh, far away, entreat from me. You see, uh, you know, again, they, they were. There was, I'll let you go, but only so far. You see, they." Uh, here Moses realized, I can't sacrifice. What is the abomination? What the Egyptians hate. I can, we can't worship like that. They would stone us. And you know they they say uh, the days of the the spirit of moving is past. They don't want that in the land of Egypt. That's why we can't worship there. Because when we worship, we kill their sacred cows of easy believism we slit the throat of a religion without emotion and we offer a praise to our god amen and egyptians have no use for the holy spirit in the way it was back then they don't want the original pentecost it would kill their starchy baptist ways they want to so intellectualize the message and we kill intellectualism Now, in Egypt, you're educated to God. But when you come three days' journey to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you kill Egyptian religion dead. Amen. Now, you know, as, as I said, you know, they, Pharaoh said, just go so far. And he said, you know, he said, we can't just go so far. See, Moses said, we've got to get out of Egypt. We've got to get out to be able to worship we got to take a three-day journey. we got to get to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and we don't believe in just going so far. They've done that in the past. They went to justification or they went to sanctification or they went to the gift. But there's got to be a people go all the way. So we don't believe in a so-far religion. We're not going just so far. We're going to take every divine promise of God. If there's healing there, we want that healing. If there's deliverance, we want that deliverance. If there's salvation for our children, we want that salvation. All the Pharaoh says, but you don't have to have this victory. You don't need this freedom. You you don't have to weep your way to Calvary and cry and die out to sin. You don't have to go that far. Just settle down to good old denominational life. You know, come to church and, you know, pay your little dues and put your name on a book and, you know, but, but again, the sacrifices we offer, they're an abomination to the Egyptians. They can't stand it when we surrender what they consider the best and what they worship. Tighten your belt up right now. You see, cattle was considered divine to the Egyptians. A bull was con- actually considered to be one of the most divine gods. If the Hebrews would sell a sacrifice a bull in front of the Egyptians, uh, they would stone them with stones. You see, you know what? You see what we consider, uh, what we sacrifice or surrender to our God, is actually considered divine. To the Egyptians, don't miss this point. They actually worship and make a God out of education. We don't. We use it to further our needs, but we don't worship it. In fact, we surrender it, we sacrifice, we kill the knowledge of man for the knowledge of God. Amen, brother. This makes us despised by the Egyptians. They can't stand it because education is their god. We are people who surrenders education and scientific knowledge for God's word. Our men give up effeminate spirits, and the Egyptians will hate you for it. Come on now. Amen. We give them up or kill or sacrifice. Yeah. effeminate spirits. Yeah. They want men to be sissies. They don't want them to be the head of the house. No way. They want that killed. Or they don't want that killed, rather. Why? Oh, isn't he a darling? Oh, my. He sports a necklace. Look at him. He's found his feminine side. He puts on his shorts. Isn't he cute? And his, his hair is like a punk and his clothes are tight. Isn't he a darling? He done found his feminine side. I did mine too. About 45 years ago, I brought her down to the altar and we became one. I'm the masculine, she's the feminine. We're one. Amen. But when we sacrifice, we kill that bull, we surrender, we give up the world and the things of the world. Amen. First Corinthians six and nine. Emblazon this on your heart. Know you not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers with themselves of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Of such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Some of you were that way, and each of you worshiped those God, but you've done come three days' journey. You came to justification, sanctification, and the Spirit of our God came upon you. if it's true that man is not to be effeminate, but masculine, then the woman is to be feminine. She's not to be hard. She's to be soft. The Egyptians of the day make the woman hard. She is the head of the house. She wears the pants. Ain't no husband going to tell her not to cut her hair. She can be managed if she wants to be. She isn't going to be led. She's going to lead. She will be the Marine, the warrior, the police, the mayor, the congressman, congressman, the the, the governor, the vice president, and the president. Amen. In today's world, Egypt's gods are portrayed as a weak man and a strong woman. And the Israelis kill that God. They sacrifice it. They give it up to God. And by giving it up, God looks at it as something holy. You see, no true Israelite woman will wear a garment that pertains to man. Any more than a true Israelite man will wear garments that pertain to a woman. As Brother Bradham said in the Thiterian church age, now a woman is not meant to have an iron disposition. Right. She is, according to the Holy Scripture, to be submissive to the male. That's commanded of. A woman who is truly female, all female, will be of that disposition, not a doormat. Right. No real male makes a female a doormat. But she'll want to be under authority and not rule over the male, for he is the head of the house. And if she breaks that image God made for her, she is perverted. And any man that lets a woman take authority has also broken that image and he is perverted. That is why a woman cannot wear that which pertaineth to a man or cut her hair. She is never to wear garments that pertain to male or cut her hair. When she does, she's intruding into the male domain, taking authority, perverting herself. And when a woman invades the pulpit, which is commanded she must not do, she shows what spirit she is of. Being a dominating female is Antichrist, and the seeds of the Roman Catholic Church are in her, though she may deny this ever so vehemently. But when it comes to the Word, let God be true and every man's Word a lie. Amen. But now, keep this in balance now, because no true male will make a woman a doormat. She ain't something for you to wipe your feet on. She is something to love and to cherish, to care for and to nourish. Yes, hey, Amen. No, no, it ain't, it, it ain't. You say, well, Brother Tim, you make all the decisions in the house. Well, you know, the bug does stop here. I am responsible. But there ain't nothing we do that we don't do together. I don't have a separate bank account from her and she don't have one from me. I don't, do th- I don't go and buy, my, buy, buy a car without getting her approval. I ask her, ask her what, what, you know why? Because I love her. I want to please her. It's my joy to make her happy. But when it comes down to the, where the rubber meets the road, I take, I take responsibility for the decisions that has to be made in the house. We work together. I'm not alone. She's not alone. I'm not by myself. She's not by herself. We're together in this. And any true marriage relationship has to be that way. Are you with me? But a man is to have the image of Christ. He is to love his wife and give himself for her. See your wife going astray? Well, where, where, what are you going to do about it? You're not going to win her back with an angry look and a fist. Amen. The best way you can do it is be a real man. Kneel yourself down to an altar somewhere and call on God until God changes the situation. Amen. Oh, that a people would know their God because when they know their God, they can do exploits. So when we worship we sacrifice. We give up to God. We kill what Egyptian idolizes gods. We kill makeup. We kill vulgar and moral clothing. We kill movies and movie stars. We don't worship them and make them divine. We kill them. We slaughter televisions. We surrender up to God. Pornography. That's adultery, don't you know? Amen. I and if you're unmarried, it's fornication. But we don't, we don't worship that. Amen. I we kill it. We offer that up to God. Amen. I we offer our lives to God. I'll not join myself to some filthy man or woman out there. Come on, somebody. Amen, I'll not be a slave to sex. I'll not be a slave to lust. Amen, we are people of freedom. Amen, and those gods that the Egyptians worship, we don't worship them here. We surrender up drinking, smoking, doping, alcohol. I told a man the other day who wrote me and, you know, was trying to uh, bring up things against the message, and I said, oh, just go on back there and drink your beers and sip your wine and wear your shorts and laugh your way to hell. (laughs) Oh, Brother Tim, you didn't tell him that I did. (laughs) Because I ain't going where they're going. Amen. 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 We surrender up drinking and smoking and dope and alcohol and rap and rock and roll and country music. We don't worship education and science. We worship the I am that I am. Amen. Oh, but Pharaoh says, don't go too far away. You see, Pharaoh didn't want people going all the way to the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he knew that that would be their freedom to go all the way into the land. Let me tell you, to go all the way, to take that three-day journey, to get that baptism of the Holy Ghost, it makes it where you can go all the way to a rapture, all the way to a body change, all the way to a resurrection. (laughs) Kind of like after this meeting we just had. It's kind of like what they had. You know, the... The, the, the people the people of Israel left that that country. And, and uh, Pharaoh looked around and they all looked around and said, my goodness, what have we done? Why have we done this? That we let Israel go from serving us. How, huh? Well, why, why did we let him go? You see, the devil don't want to let you go. You, you don't have, listen, you don't know how often he told you Surely you do. How often he told you that you were worthless? Yeah. Yeah. And after this liberty you had during this meeting, yeah. all of a sudden Pharaoh wakes up and says, oh, oh why didn't we let him go? Right. And the devil told you over and over how worthless you are. No good. Sorry. Come on. That's what he told you over and over and over again. Amen, but God came along and delivered you. Amen, and you left Egypt. Hallelujah, but now the devil's singing a different tune. Oh, they were mine. They were my kids. They were my young people. I got news for you, devil. They never originally ever belonged to you. They were gods from the beginning. Before the foundation of the world, God had you in his mind. Now, he's been on your trail, hadn't he? He's been whispering out in your ear, hadn't he? He's been lying to you over and over again. All of a sudden, you ain't worthless no more. You're worth pursuing. I want them back. I want to take back those young people I lost. I want to get them back into the world. I want to worship in my gods again. I want them back in Egypt. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. All of a sudden, you're worth pursuing. So now he's on your trail. You know, demons are stubborn. Actually, stubbornness is a demon spirit. Amen. There is iniquity and idolatry because you worship that spirit. And, you know, you can watch them when they get a hold of a person. They'll scream, I won't come out, or you can't have her. You'll hear them in a growl. You you know, I've had them growl at me in a gruff voice saying, I won't come out. When that girl come on the prayer line, in the prayer line there some years ago at camp now, and there she cried. The moment that I laid my hands on her and anointed her with oil, she crouched down like an animal, and and a grotesque look come on her face, and a snarl come out of her mouth. And she was growling, and she was swinging at me. I won't let go. You know, I won't let go. I'm, I, I, won't, I will not go. Well, you saw what happened, didn't you? He had to go. He didn't come to the wrong youth camp. He wants to say, I won't come out. I won't come out. I won't come out. He's stubborn. But for a believer, devils are subject to us. We rule them. They don't rule us. We say go, and they have to go. If we say shut up, they got to close their mouth. Because That's the first thing I did when that girl was scaring all the kids in the, in the prayer line there, and I could see the look of terror on their face. Daniel, you were there, right there, right there. You know what happened. And I forbid her to speak. Mm-hmm. She had to shut up. Because when the Son of God says, shut up to a devil, why don't you just practice that? Come on. I mean, the devil's been talking to you. What well, tell him to shut up. Come on. The Bible said that, that the Lord hardened the heart of the Pharaoh, the king, and, the, and, the, and he pursued after them, but said the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Oh, hallelujah! Their emotions must have soared when they walked away from the brickyards. Amen. When their firstborn was uh, was still alive and laughing and playing, they left Egypt with a high hand. Or we might say they went out on a real high. Hallelujah. They that went out with, with defiantly, the word means, hallelujah, in open resistance. Actually, they went out rebelliously. Right time to use rebelliousness. That's when it's against that tyrant, the devil. They went out rebelliously, resisting his authority and his control. They went out shouting. They were saying, I'm free. Hey man, I'm not a slave any longer. I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not a slave to doubt. I'm not a slave to your thoughts. They can't control me. I will control them by casting them down. But that dumb devil pursued after them. It looks like he should have learned long before that, you know, and, and that. Uh, that he ain't going to win. He didn't win one of the times. And here he comes one more time, and God says, i would harden his heart because I'm going to destroy him, and I'm going to use you to be the bait. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm going to use you. Hey, he's using young people in this age to be the bait yeah. to the devil. Amen. Come on down here. You're not going to get them. You're going to find your destruction. You're not coming here for victory. You're coming here for destruction. Are you with me? Amen. Now, listen, the enemy was more than a match for them. Oh, yes, he was. Pharaoh had 600 chosen chariots plus the chariots of Egypt. And Satan is more than a match for us. Don't go to thinking he isn't. Brother Bradham said, we know that. We know that Satan is way more than a match for any human being. Don't you never try to do it with your wisdom and outsmart him. You just can't do it. Jesus knew this, so he sent to the church that, so Satan would not outsmart them, a place to be fortified. He sent them the Holy Ghost, and the church doesn't claim to be smart. They just claim to believe. Now, you're not going to out-argue him. You're not going to outsmart him, but you can out-believe him because that's what you are is a believer. So, you doubt your doubts and believe what God said. Is that right? Hey Amen. listen how a prophet goes against Satan when he prays for a child who is dying with leukemia. He preaches an old sermon to a young girl in the greatest battle ever fought. In this prayer, he said, God, this child probably is the most sickest person in the building this morning because she can't live without you very much longer. She's the most sickest. And we all, we're agreeing as every soldier standing here. And in this group stands the royal seed of Abraham. You see what he's doing? He's positioning us. That's the whole thing is positioning. Before you meet the devil, you position yourself. Amen. Come on. Well, you say, but Brother Tim, you know, I, I got the Holy Ghost, but now the devil is trying to make me doubt it. Well, of course he is. That's what he did to Jesus. Soon as he got the Holy Ghost, God wasn't scared of it. He led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Come on, somebody. Amen. He knew that what he had given him worked that it would not fail. Is that right? Amen. So what did the enemy do? He came in and said, and question his relationship with God. If thou be the son of God, this is what the devil comes to you. If you were a son, if you are really a son, prove it to me. You don't owe the devil nothing. Come on, somebody. Come on. You do not owe him a thing. You don't have to prove to him nothing. Amen. Amen. So Jesus didn't even use his power. He didn't go and get anointed again and, and let me shout for a moment, can I, can I get that feeling I got that Sunday that to Sunday or that, that, that Saturday night when Brother Ron was preaching? can I get that feeling again? He didn't say that. Amen. He wasn't feeling it right then. He was not feeling it right then. You know what he was feeling? The dirty, rotten, evil presence of Lucifer himself snarling at his face. And if you don't think that was an atmosphere, it was. Brother Tim, I, 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 I ain't feeling what I did. No, but that didn't change what it gave you. That, that don't change what happened to Jesus on the River Jordan. When God said, this is my beloved son. And when you got the Holy Ghost the other day, that's what God was saying. Come on. Amen. I you may not have seen it. You may not have heard it, but it was there. Amen. I you can tell by the facts. Come on. What This is my beloved son, the son I love. Now, if you're a real father, you can tell your children you love them. This is what Jesus did, was told. This is my beloved son in whom I am so happy to live in, to make my boat in. They've surrendered up their lives. They yielded themselves to God. And I am just delighted to live in Him. Now he goes, and the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Not a devil, but the devil. Now, most of us, maybe, I don't know, maybe we never meet the devil but we sure meet a devil. You can see him in the other realm. Brother Branham did one time. He said, I was laying there, and he said, I looked over in the corner, and he said, I felt the funniest spirit, and I looked over, and there was a a creature. It looked like a, a deformed creature, you see, because Satan lost his original state. And he looked like a deformed creature, like Ali Oop in the funny paper. And he was cackling, like a hen going to the barn. And he was saying to me, you're nothing but a fake. And these miracles that you say is nothing but a fake. Well, if if the devil has the audacity to come into the presence of a prophet of God, Malachi 4, and tell him he's a fake. What do you think he's going to do to you? He's going to come right up to you and say, You just been faking all of this. You faked that child the other day. That was you, Jump. That was you. That was you. That was you. Because he's pursuing you. All of a sudden, you worthless, no good thing is something he's got to have back. Now, so how do we approach him? We approach him, first of all, knowing who we are. That's why I've told the brothers years ago, you know, and, and, and have advocated. Y'all put an adoption way over in the future. Sure, adoption changes our body. That's the, that's the redemption of our body. We got that. But this adoption that we have received individually as sons is when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Otherwise, people are standing over there hiding behind the organ or chair somewhere, the piano, and saying, oh, my God, you know, the devil's here, and we don't know what to do, you know, because we ain't got the power yet, and we're not adopted yet, and, you know, we, we hadn't come into maturity yet. Come on now. I, you know, no wonder the devil is buffaloed the churches everywhere. They don't realize who they are, that now we are the sons of God, that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come on. Amen. We have the power. We're not waiting on the power. Amen. You misapply things. You, get, you go and look for all the quotes. And Well, Brother Randall said, when the squeeze comes down, what's the third pull? Of nah, let me tell you something. Squeeze has been here a long time. Amen. The devil has been squeezing and pressure is everywhere. Amen, but let me tell you, there was never a time that persecution ever put the power of God in the church. Amen, it's the Holy Ghost that puts the power of God in the church. We don't have to wait on the squeeze. We have the power now by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, Brother Tim, when... When it all comes down, well, read Feast of the Trumpets. Right. You'll find Brother Branham changes the co- turns a corner and said, we'll go through none of that. That's, right. That's to the foolish virgin. And God gives him, as Joshua dividing the inheritance, gives that portion over to the foolish virgins and to the 144,000. But he said, we get nothing but the rapture. Isn't it wonderful to know you won't go through the tribulation, church, and you ain't got to have tribulation to bring the power. It never will make you mature. What makes you mature is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that births you a son or daughter of God. And that gives you the authority. What you do is you wrap that adoption robe around you, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you take that authority because you got a ring on your finger that he put on there, the seal of the Holy Ghost. And you say, Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. You step and let ladder I have been saved by the power of God and I have authority of the mighty angel who is my guardian, who blesses what I bless and curses what I curse and is an adversary to my adversary and an enemy to my enemies. And this he said in this group stands the royal seed of Abraham. We're marching in on Satan now. We're not running. We're not retreating. We're marching in on Satan now. And might as well get ready to go, Satan, because our armors are gleaming and our colors are streaming and men and women are holding swords. Marching forward upon you now for this little girl. Come out of her, Satan. Leave that child as the army of the living God. We defy you. Leave her in the name of Jesus Christ. I go lay hands upon her and Satan, you have bound this child. You have done this evil. I know you're more than a match for a human being, but you're not a match for my Lord. So I come in his name. Leave her, thou spirit of the devil, thou demon of sickness. Come out of this child that She may go free from this day on. I pronounce this in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he says, it has been spoken. Now let it be done. You people keep telling me in prayer lines, well, the devil keeps telling me. I have a simple question I want you to answer. What are you listening to him for? IS SATAN'S WORD GREATER THAN GOD'S? WELL, BUT Timmy HE REMINDS ME OF MY PAST. WELL, YOU'RE RIGHT, THAT'S THE DEVIL. BECAUSE GOD CAN'T DO THAT. GOD CAN'T REMIND, ONCE IT'S BEEN FORGIVEN, COME ON SOMEBODY, GOD JUSTIFIED, THAT MEANS THAT YOU ARE RIGHTEOUS IN HIS SIGHT. So if you have a spirit that comes up and reminds you of your past, it ain't God! And he ain't worth listening to. And you can tell when he's lying, when his lips are moving. Once forgiven, God's justified. That means he makes you righteous in his life. Let me paraphrase to you what Paul said in the book of Romans. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be like his son, that he might be a firstborn among many brethren. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came, he declared us not guilty. And he filled us with his spirit and gave us right standing with himself and promised us his glory. What can we ever say to such wonderful things as these? If God is on our side, who can ever be against us? Hallelujah. Since he did not spare his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he also surely give us everything else? Who dares accuse us when God has chosen us as his own? Will God? No. He's the one who's forgiven us and given us his right standing with his self. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ? No. For he's the one who died for us and came back to life again for us and is interceding on our behalf there in heaven. Who then can keep Christ's love from us? When we have trouble or calamity, when we're hunted down or destroyed, is it because He doesn't love us anymore? And if we are hungry or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has God deserted us? Come on now. We had a man here preaching this weekend that, that, that what? He, he was, he was given a, a, a death announcement on his life. Are you with me? Amen. You say, because of that, God is forsaken, Brother Ron. No God hadn't forsaken him. Amen. He said, I'll never leave you forsaken. Amen. Yes, you know, we, it does not mean God's deserted us. Because you, you feel like you got trouble today or there's still life. Life keeps on happening. Well, God's deserted me. No, he hasn't deserted you. You say, but I'm looking back and I see millions of Egyptians with big chariots at Pharaoh's best, and they're all coming on. Yeah, they are. But I haven't forgotten you. I actually called them to this battle because I'm going to get honor on Pharaoh. Hallelujah. And God will actually call the enemy. Come on, somebody. Harden their hearts. To pursue you, to try to overtake you, to try to bring you back into slavery, he will actually do everything that allowed the devil to do everything he can, because he's going to get honor over the devil, that you ain't got enough, devil. You brought your best. You have your chariots. You have the smaller chariots. You got the horses. You got swords. You got manpower. But we got God. You got Laodicea, you got demon, you got suicide spirit, you got dope, you got alcohol, you got pornography, but we got God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Sure you're gonna have trouble. Yeah, certainly we face that. We go through trouble and dangers that we face, but overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us enough to die for us. Come on, somebody, God pursued you too. Don't never forget that. Amen. Not just the devil. God pursued you, amen. Because of His great love that He had for you before the world began, He said, "Your mine, little children." And I'm not going to let you stay in bondage forever because this is the hour of freedom. This is the hour of rejoicing. It's the hour for a people to go out with a high hand. Rebellious against the devil. Rebellious against his rule. For I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. Angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow or where we are high above the skies or in the deepest ocean. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ. When he died for us. Now, so the devil tells you, keeps telling you, you're in what you, what you are in his sight. That you're still his slave. But what does God say? He said, You never originally belonged to the devil. You're mine, and you're not only pardoned. I want to give this thought to you. You're not just pardoned. You're not just forgiven. I mean, you cheat me out of money, and I forgive you. But I still remember it. And it may take me a long time to ever trust you again. Because I remember it. Right? Amen. But that ain't the way God does. When God forgives, he forgets. It is though you never done it. Amen. You didn't even do it in the first place. Amen. You look, but you look and you see the enemy coming like a flood and pursuing you. say, oh God, oh God, oh God, the, the devil's going to be victorious now. And Moses stills the people and says, fear not and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you this day. For the Egyptian whom you have seen this day, you will see them again no more. I'm telling you, your victory isn't temporary. Oh, man, the enemy that held you bound, you will see them no more have dominion over your life. They'll never have control over you. Never again. Never. Never, 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 never devil. You don't have a right to me. You don't have a right to my joy. You don't have a right to my peace. You don't have a right to my mind. You don't have a right to nothing I am. I am a Holy Ghost born again, baptized believer. Hallelujah. And he that the Son has set. is free indeed. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, because that's who you are in him. Fear it up and stand still. Amen, and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't go to running. Watch what I'm going to do? I've got a plan. I've had this plan for a long, long time. You see, because when I created the world, and I laid out the seas, and I put out the oceans, I put a red sea right here, and I put the mountains right here, and I put, a, put a over here another way right here, because I said, I'm going to bring my people one day down to this place. And I'm going to have one of the most glorious victories that I ever have in my life here at this place. I have predestinated this place. I have predestinated this moment. I have predestinated this age. I have had it in my mind before the world began. And the devil hadn't slipped up something on me today. I already knew he was going to come down here and I. Come on, devil. Come on down to the Laodicea. Come on down in this sea, boy. Do the best you can. Because right in the moment, I'm rapturing the bride out of here. You'll not get him. You'll not take him. You will not destroy them. This has been my plan all along, and I've hardened the heart of Satan. Go ahead, bring your education, bring your science, bring your thinking, bring your evil, bring it all down on this day. Come on down, come on down, devil. The Egyptian to you see today, you will see them again no more. Forever. 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 Why? Wow. Why, wow, Brother Jim? Because we're so powerful. Because we're so strong. Because we're so great a people. No, the Lord shall fight for you and you will hold your peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. We ought to worship him right now. Hallelujah. What we ought to do is listen to the voice call us aside for a moment. Come over here by this rock. Come over here by this revelation, Moses. Why are you crying unto me? Why are you crying about the evil age? Why are you crying about what the devil has done? Why are you crying? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Amen. God never says retreat. God never says go backward. God always says go forward. Advance. Advance. But there's a sea in my way. I don't care what the sea is. I don't care what the problem is. Amen. Go through it. Go through it. It's going to be the best thing you've ever done. Amen. Because when you go through it, the enemy's going to follow you right in. He's going to pursue you right into the middle of the sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When he pursues you right into the middle of the sea. I'm going to let the waters flow over them. Hallelujah. And I'm bringing you out through dry ground. And the same dry ground will be a mire that will tear off their wheels. And they can't go no more and they will have confusion. Talk about making the devil confused. We're in an hour to make the devil confused. Is somebody with me? Amen. He's confused. How can there be a bride out of this evil age? How can all the confusion and the trouble of this time, how can there ever be a bride? He is confused. Amen. But let me tell you, God, in this moment of confusion, is bringing one of the greatest victories the world has ever seen. Do you hear me this morning? What the greatest victories the world ever seen. God has led him in the trap. a trap. Amen. Got him right down and he says, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why, why, why are you telling me? Well, the devil said to me, the devil's pursuing us. Oh, look here, look at look how big he, you know what a hold he is. You remember how he whipped me. You remember? The, I, look, I can show you scars, yeah. scars, brother Tim. Oh, devils, yeah. demons, talked me into pornography and then anoint me with suicide, cut myself and everything else, right. cause I hate myself. Amen. Right. All all these things that he that he does to me. Come on, amen. Hey, taskmasters are evil. Yes. These taskmasters were evil. They would abuse the women. They would abuse the young males. They would abuse the men. They would abuse the elders. They abused everybody. Amen. But i tell you what, brother, when they passed through the Red Sea, is somebody with me? That Red Sea represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when they. Through the Red Sea, all these demons got in the quagmire of God's trap. The alcohol, the tobacco, all the things, the dope, the pornography, the sins, the lust. Come on, somebody. The the evil all got in the quagmire. And the waters began to close over them. And the same water that saved us is the same water that destroyed them. Because the Lord is our captain and the Lord is our leader, I will fight for you. You're not doing this alone, little children. I am here to fight all the way through to bring you to victory. Hallelujah. And the last one got on the other side of the Red Sea. And they looked back over there and they saw that old taskmaster that whipped them, that old devil that held them down, that old spirit of lust that made them feel so dirty and pulled them down in the quagmire of sin, all those things. They were dead. They saw their enemy dead in the Red Sea. I'm telling you, your past masters are dead in the blood of Jesus Christ. He redeemed you, but He also saved you from their deception. Are you with me now? Hallelujah. Lord of God. And when this began to happen, they began to shout. And Moses began to sing a song. And he began to sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. Are you with me? He began to rejoice, amen, because they saw their enemy dead. You remember that that old so-and-so that whipped me that day and beat me in submission, and little girls were defiled and ruined and wrecked by him, and all that. He was a particularly evil one. I just saw the water close over his head. That old lust devil that followed my family for years and years, we just broke the cycle. Hallelujah. cease. Why? Because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's quit crying about it all. Let's start speaking. You wonder if the Lord loves you? The other day appeared to to my little granddaughter Katie and said, Katie, I want you to know I love you. God wants you to know that he loves you today. He loves you so much. A man that he held his hands up and bowed his head and paid the ultimate sacrifice so you could go free. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of my rock. Blessed be the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. Blessed is he that was, who is, and will come. Blessed is he that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Blessed is he that moves among us and heals our sick. Blessed is he that moves among us and saves our lost. Amen. Let the musicians come. Come on down here, Brother Camp. It's the hour of your deliverance. We're going to believe God. Amen. I come yielding this sort of faith, claiming the oneness of God and man by the Holy Ghost through the baptism, through the mercies and sacrifice of Jesus. I defy every devil that's bound, any boy, any girl, man or woman, every sickness, ever defy, every doubt, I defy every fear, I defy everything ungodly. Leave this audience in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you believe with me right now? Will you believe? Brothers, come gather around him right now, anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and God shall raise them up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Zane, it's the devil. Not you're a devil. It's the devil. He's a tormentor. He's come torment your body. But it's written in the word, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they will cast out devils. If any is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And the prayer faith shall save the sick. And God shall raise them up. So I curse this affliction. In the name of Jesus, commissioned as a son of God to cast Satan
1: out.
0: In the name of Jesus, you take your lying, dirty hands off of God's property. I command you to do it. I say to these ears, open up. I say to this body, hear the word of God and be healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He has done great things. He's done great things.